You're listening to the Resurgent ATL Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. God brought me here tonight. Because he believes in me. More than I believe in myself. He's preparing me. For something bigger than I know. Something's happening in me tonight. It's supernatural. It's going to increase. It's going to affect the nations. I'm in a season of breakthrough. Breakthrough in my emotions. Breakthrough in my relationships. Breakthrough in my finances. Breakthrough in my influence. God loves me. God likes me. And this is going to be a powerful last part of the service. We got it. give God thanks and praise so good to be at Resurgence. Wow. Hey. Anybody else just appreciate worship tonight? Something happened. I got touched tonight. Something, the Lord just, he did a good thing in me. Man. I was concerned I was going to have my own Enoch experience. <laughs> no, Steve went to Resurgence Atlanta. And was no more. <laughs> Gone. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Chris and Terry and the team, and just uh, love you guys. Uh, met with the leadership team last night, and just love what the Lord's doing here. Love fresh assignments, and we know we have a lot of visitors from other churches, and we love the body of Christ, and just and and just. How many of you never heard me speak before? Never heard me speak. A number of you, and um, as Chris said, I'm on staff at Bethel Church in Reading. I met Bill Johnson in 1991 when I was pastoring a small rural church in central Nevada, and been kind of part of the family ever since. By the way, I love the quote. I never heard that banana quote. <laughs> that was a good one. I, I, I heard it was secondhand information. Danny said. All right, Danny said. Danny Silk. Okay. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Verify that Bill said that. <laughs> yeah, two of my favorite Bill Johnson quotes. He's senior leader at Bethel Church. One of them was, uh, instead of praying for a revival, why don't you just have one? <laughs> I thought we had to wait to be sovereignly zapped for revival. Uh, by the way, I do hear that Jehovah Zapper. Jehovah Zapper is on the move. <laughs> He's on the move. The other quote I really like by Bill Johnson, he says, the only closed heavens are between your ears. Wow. There's a lot of quotes I like, but those, those are two. So I'm on staff there. I uh, work with Global Legacy, which is the part of Bethel that uh, leaders, especially church leaders, who say we want more, we want that Bethel culture in our lives and what we're leading, they connect through Global Legacy. We have some online curriculums. We're starting some courses starting up in um, just uh, this week, 
and I've got some information on our book table about that. I travel about half the year, and my wife, Wendy, and I, we have a ministry called Igniting Hope Ministries, and, and we have a mandate to ignite hope. It's our assignment. And there, there's no hopeless circumstances. There's only hopeless people. And once people get true hope, circumstances cannot stay the same. I believe after love, that hope is the most powerful leadership influential quality there is. Yes. That our hope level determines our influence level. And he who is the most hope is the most influence. Right. If something's going to change, somebody, by the way, somebody's getting delivered tonight from pessimism. <laughs> if something, if something's going to change, somebody has to hope. Somebody has to become unreasonably optimistic. <laughs> God loves to partner with people who are unreasonably optimistic. Can you imagine David going after Goliath today? Huh. Hey, David, before you attack Goliath, we're just looking on our phones here and reading what the experts are saying. The experts are saying you're being unreasonably optimistic. <laughs> and they're saying you should not get your hopes up so much. You should go back to the fields with the sheep and settle for life as it is. Because the experts are saying what's actually going to happen is you're going to get killed. Let's laugh at that moment. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Ezekiel. Before you prophesy to those dry bones, we want to let you know what the experts are saying. The experts are saying you must not know how dry they really are. <laughs> or you wouldn't be so optimistic. Uh, and what they're saying is, is that uh, when you prophesy to the bones, nothing is going to happen. Let's laugh at that too. <laughs> God loves it. One of my favorite definitions of hope is, is hope is the belief that the future will be better than the present. And I have the power to help make it so. Hope is the belief that the future will be better than the present. And I have the power to help make it so. And, and tonight, it's a, it's a night of hope. It's a night of joy. It, it, it's a night of, there's a purposes for, you know, I love purposes of all kinds of meetings. But, but the purpose of this meeting is about you. It's not about your spouse. Just laugh at that as well. <laughs> Not about the person you wish was here. Mm -hmm. Not about the person across the room. I hope they get this. It's about you. It's about me. I believe this. You're one belief away from the tipping point. You're one belief away from the tipping point. I was thinking tonight of um, uh, just the, the parable of the mustard seed. And um, it's just so so powerful. And, and you know, Jesus, he, this is in Matthew 13, verse 31. He, he told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree 
so that the birds come and perch in its branches. Now, every great thing starts small. Every great thing, nothing starts, boom, big. Everything starts small. That's why I, that's why I love coming to places like this. This is a, you know, an idea. God put a mustard seed idea in Christian Terry's heart. Hmm? Yeah, let's plant a church up here in North Atlanta. And now, now, you know, what's happening is the tree's growing and people are starting to get into its branches. People starting to get into the branches of this thing. Now, I'm in the branches tonight. I was, I was up there, you know, hanging on a branch and in worship. Whoa, I like this tree. I, I like this tree. I was in uh, South Africa last November. Thursday night meeting. I go to a rural area called Belcom. And I, I'm just... Most people never heard of me, and there's, I went to a great building, at a Christian school, Thursday night meeting, probably three or four hundred people in a meeting, and it was an on fire meeting. Someone just say fire. Fire. It's on fire meeting. Woo. God's doing it. He's doing a lot. Then, then I heard the story. I heard the story of the mustard seed that started the whole thing. About a hundred years ago. By the way, how many of you know God thinks long term? God, He thinks through genealogies. I, you know, I'm thinking, man, I had, I had a bad week. It's it's all over. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and God, He thinking through genealogies. So and so begat so and so and yeah, he, He's got a master plan that went up three, four hundred years and moving people. Ah, you know, doing all this. And, and I heard, <laughs> I heard the story. About 100 years ago, there was a drunkard in South Africa, and he decided to, he, to take his wife to a John G. Lake meeting. Now, many of you know John G. Lake is a great healing evangelist of the early 1900s. And so he goes to a meeting with a bottle of alcohol in his back pocket. But a mustard seed got in him. In that meeting, he got radically saved. Someone just say radically saved. Radically saved. By the way, there's people in this region who are getting radically saved. This is a season of radical salvation in this region. Radical. Just say radically saved. Radically saved. So he went to that meeting. He got radically saved. Two weeks later, he tells his wife, we're going into the ministry. Seed got in there. By the way, there's a seed that's going to get in you tonight. Big seed. Oh, it's a little seed, but it's going to get big. <laughs> so he started a chain reaction because the pastor who was pastoring that church was his great-grandson. So a gener- four generations of, of church leaders. That guy, next, next, and then Paul, who's pastoring the church, all started from one meeting and I got into the tree. I got, I got into their tree that night. Ooh, I like it. Ooh, a nice tree. Whole Christian school. Whole bunch of people. Whole bunch of young people in the school are in that tree. And I'll tell you this: there, there's trees. I think, you know, many of you have already got great trees. Many, many of you in this room, I mean, people are already living in your trees. But I want to let you know your tree is going to get bigger. Just say it's going to get bigger. <laughs> 
John G. Lake, unless he was really flowing in the spirit that night, he, he probably would have seen that guy with a bottle of booze in his back pocket and thought to himself, that man does not have much potential. Let's laugh at that. <laughs> that man doesn't have much potential. Uh, remember a while back I was at a meeting and I asked the guy to stand and he didn't outwardly look like there was much going on in his life so I gave him a mediocre prophetic word. <laughs> mediocre, I, I didn't want him to get his hopes up too much. Uh, <laughs> mediocre word. And then later on, I found out he's, he's, a, he's a millionaire, got all this stuff going on. Holy Spirit said, Steve? Yes, Holy Spirit? You learned something, didn't you? Mm -hmm. It's not going to happen again. No, no, Holy Spirit. It's not, not going to happen again. So unless John G. Lake was absolutely flowing in the Spirit, he would have said, that man doesn't have much potential. By the way, there's people around you who don't seem to have much potential. They're going to get radically saved and radically transformed. Yes. What amazes me, we're talking about a meeting, one meeting that happened 100 years ago. One meeting. You know what I'm believing? I'm believing 100 years from now, people will be talking about this meeting. This meeting. What is it, September 9th? Yeah, September 9th, 2018. Eight. To their age, 2018. <laughs> <laughs> and my grandmother was in a meeting. And she got lit up. <laughs> now look at all this I'm part of. Look at this tree we got. Because of that. Yeah. And it, it's interesting that um, you know, one of my favorite um, Bible characters is Gideon. Anybody else like Gideon? You know, those of you who you know just been in the Word for years, you you like that guy because, and we'll talk about him tonight because a seed got in him, and a whole nation got saved in history. Whole nation got in there. I'm going to say, I mean, and, he, and, and he's a guy, he's, he's an unlikely guy. How many know God likes to use unlikely people? Yeah. Now, I look, at who, I look at who God used in the Bible, and I say to myself, I wouldn't have used half those people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, but, but the Lord, he, he sees potential in us that we don't see ourselves. Now, when I minister, um, I like to have people do two things. I like to have people say things. I like to have people laugh at things. Now, now they're, they're both strategies for the renewing of the mind. Romans 12, 2 says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Current mind renewal creates future experience. So whatever I'm renewing my mind with today, I'll transform my future too, whether it's lies or truth. If I renew my mind with the truth that uh, I radically influence nations, by the way, I want you to say I radically influence nations. Radically. If you renew your mind with that, you'll transform your future to radically influence a nation. Amen. It'll work for everybody. 
You renew your mind with the truth that you lay hands on the sick and they will recover. You'll transform your future in the laying hands on the sick and they will recover. If you renew, renew your mind with the lie that you are a person who does not have much favor and you're a victim of other people's perceptions of you, if you renew your mind with that, you'll transform your future into lack of favor. You call it personality or you'll, you'll call it, you'll, you'll, you'll blame other people or, or whatever. And I, I, love, I love the power of renewing your mind because once you get Romans 12, one down of surrendering your bodies as a living sacrifice to the Lord, and you surrender your heart and your will, then you gotta move into Romans 12 too to have transformation. Because transformation doesn't come from surrendering your heart, it comes from surrendering your beliefs. And when we surrender our beliefs, we have to choose to renew our mind with something higher than what we're feeling and experiencing. It's called faith. I have to renew my mind with something higher than what I'm experiencing, or I'll just keep experiencing the same thing. The nature of faith is to believe and see. I used to say, well, Lord, when I see, then I'll believe. Yes, amen. <laughs> I'm a great man of faith. I believe now because I see it. Uh-huh. What is this, Steve? You're not a great man of faith. You're just a great man of fact. We applaud that. Way to go. Really good. You believe after you see. <laughs> 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5, the most quoted spiritual warfare passages in the Bible. It says the weapons of our warfare. By the way, just say the word weapons. Yes. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds. We demolish arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. The highest level of spiritual warfare is the decision to think higher than what you're experiencing. It's to take thoughts captive. The greatest strongholds, listen to this, the greatest strongholds blocking the purposes of God are not regional demonic principalities. They're belief systems in the minds of Christians. The greatest strongholds Blocking the purposes of God are not regional demonic principalities, they're belief systems in the minds of Christians. And what do I get excited about? It says, because that whole passage is about pulling down strongholds, it's not talking about the devil, even though there's times to deal directly with the devil. It, it's talking about strongholds in our minds. And, and what it tells us there's weapons that God gives us. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God. I've got mighty weapons. And I love the word of God's a weapon. Ministries like Sozo is a weapon that heals us up. Love encounters. You know, you just have a love encounter with God. You have a stronghold of inferiority or self-hatred. Just boom. It gets pulled down. But there's two weapons I like, the weapon of declaration and the weapon of laughter. And, and uh, declaration, you can't change your life without changing how you talk. I used to get irritated at song leaders because they would always have me repeat things. 
said, I want to move on. <laughs> but they keep singing that same thing. I've gotten over a bit. But we sang some great things tonight. This is how I fight my battles. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Then, then another song. I, I am steadfast. I will not be moved. I am anchored, never shaken. All my hope is in your hand. We'd sing songs like that, and the, the song leader would just sing over and over. We didn't do that tonight, but we sang a lot, which is good. I said, well, I, I said how? How come? He says, well, that's the only way I can get you to say it. Tell me, the only way I can get you to say something higher than what you're experiencing is if it's got music. <laughs> I'm trying to get you to say it without music. And because both the devil and God need our words to accomplish their will. Both the devil and God need our words to accomplish their will. They're waiting for something to work with. The Holy Spirit is hovering over the face of the deep in Genesis 1, in the beginning, waiting for something to work with. Then God said, let there be light. Starting to slip off, it's kind of warm in here. Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome. We're glad you're back with us. <laughs> Proverbs 18:21 says, Death and life is in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Those who, love what? Those who love the revelation and life is in the power of the tongue will eat the fruit of their past words. One of the greatest revelations you'll ever get is that life is in the power of the tongue. I mean, obviously, death is, there's a truth that death is in the power of the tongue. It's an inferior truth, but it's still true. Matter of fact, one of the, the best things some Christians could do is just stop talking. <laughs> Don't turn to your neighbor and say that's a good word for you. <laughs> Please just look straight ahead. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Joshua got it. You know, the, the, in jo it's, uh, Joshua 3, they're going around the walls of Jericho. Got a unique battle plan, guys. Unique. Because <laughs> now we're fighting this battle. Going to walk around this thing. Seven days. Mm -hmm. Got one rule, one rule, no talking. <laughs> Your parents talked. <laughs> Your parents, they talked. <laughs> Gosh, he's pretty smart. You got Luke 1, you got Zechariah, an angel appears, hey, you can have a baby. 
God's watching. He says, uh, <clears throat> hey, uh, angel, uh, give me the remote control, please. Can you show me where the mute button is on this thing? Because uh-huh. Zechariah, he doesn't think he's powerful. You think he can say whatever he wants to say, whatever he wants to say, it'll have no impact on anything. I can't trust him to speak around what I'm doing. Boop! Mute. Nine months, muted. <laughs> Somebody just go, hmm. speaking, concluding statements about me, others. Uh, we just, I say thank you, Lord, that people in this room are getting delivered from speaking death. Yes. Yes. I want to speak life. Yeah. I, I shared this last night with the leaders in James 3. It talks about you know the tongue being like a bit in a horse's mouth or a rudder on a ship. Words are directing agents of all. Whatever we talk a lot, a lot about, we get directed towards. I used to say, say all the time, every time I move forward in God, I get attacked by the devil. The Lord asked me, hey, Steve, how come you say every time you move forward in me, you get attacked by the devil? <clears throat> well, Lord, the reason I say every time I move forward in you, I get attacked by the devil is because every time I move forward in you, I get attacked by the devil. <laughs> That's why I say it. say it. And he said this. He said, it's true for you, but it's not true. It's true for you. That's what you renew your mind with. So you transform your future into greater attack. There's enough. There's enough challenges in life anyway, let alone having faith for the attack of the enemy. He said, I got, a, I got a suggestion for you. See, why don't you start talking more about protection? Why don't you start just talking all the time about uh, my protection? <clears throat> now, well, Lord, shouldn't I wait until I'm experiencing protection before I talk about your protection? Uh, just laugh at that, by the way. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. No, he says, that's not how this thing works. You got you to you say it. You know what? If you never say it, you'll probably never choose. But it's hard to say, Lord, doesn't feel right because there's a stronghold there. That's why it doesn't feel right because there's a stronghold that doesn't want you to say it. Because it knows if you say it, that stronghold's coming down. Seed's going to get in there. Boom. Tree's going to grow. Whoo! Good tree. So I love to get people to say things. We've got on our table out there a declaration clicker. This thing is spiritually flammable. <laughs> we do an experiment every year uh, in our ministry, Nighting Hope Ministries, where we challenge people to do an experiment and make 100 declarations a day for a month, at least 100 for a month, as, and see what happens. You know, I mean, just like everywhere I go, revival breaks out. <clears throat> I... 
I believe a million people will be in heaven because of my life. I'm a great decision maker. I have an abundance for every good work. I have an abundance of health, energy, finances, favor, wisdom, power, love, protection for every good work. My best days are ahead of me. My prayers for America are working. My church is significant in worldwide revival. Yes. I have 17 up here. <laughs> We've had more testimony that, you know, some of us, I just know the Lord said, Steve, just do something different. <laughs> Try something. I used to have more faith in the devil's ability to deceive me than Holy Spirit's ability to lead me. I just see people breaking out. Julie, I'm going to give that to you. Because you are a flammable one. Yes. yes. <laughs> you got a breakthrough going on your life. That thing is just going to add fuel. Yes. So I want you to say this. Say, um, I'll never be the same again after this meeting. I'll never be the same again after this meeting. And when you say, say that, your percentage chances of you never being the same just Boy, you say, what if I say something and it doesn't happen? <laughs> There's a University of Cincinnati study that said 85% of what we worry about in the negative never happens. I'm thinking things, believing things are going to happen, saying, and 85% and of it never happens. And it doesn't, I don't seem to get bothered if those things don't happen. But you increase the likelihood. Faith comes by hearing, Romans 10, 17. So the reason I want to speak truth is because I'm not waiting for you to talk to me. I'm talking to you. And I don't declare to convince you. I declare to convince me. One book I wrote is called You're Crazy If You Don't Talk to Yourself. You're crazy if you don't talk to yourself. That's ridiculous. So the other thing I like to do, declarations are a weapon. It's a weapon of our warfare. Another we weapon that I love is the weapon of laughter. And we're going to do some laughing tonight, so why don't you guys just warm up your laughters? Because uh -huh. I wouldn't want anybody to laugh suddenly and pull a laugh muscle. I used to be a laughter-impaired, joy-impaired Christian. Got delivered. Yeah, yeah. So I'd be crying in church and go, oh yes, amen, God is moving. <laughs> he probably was moving. So I'd be laughing, I'd be troubled and uncomfortable. If they really understood things, they wouldn't be laughing. You know, the joy of the Lord is our strength. A merry heart is good like medicine. Now, there's many things that I can say about laughter. I've written books on laughter, joy, and all that. Um, but one of the things in laughter is to laugh, you have to let go of something. Now, my wife, Wendy, she travels with me a lot. She wasn't able to be on this trip. Um, we got saved as hippies in the 70s. We, didn't, we did not know Jesus. We were searching. We were hippies. I actually had hair. <laughs> <laughs> Volkswagen bus, whole thing. 
we, we tried, we did things that hippies did, and then we met Jesus and found out there's no high like the most high. We just celebrated last October our 40th wedding anniversary. Ooh. Yay. <laughs> and we love each other, we're best friends, but we still don't always agree with each other. Just laugh at that. <laughs> and when we're not agreeing, especially when I think she's really wrong, I'm not laughing. Because <laughs> if I laugh, she'll think things are okay. Things are not okay around here. I'm a victim of you. <laughs> My joy depends on your behavior. For me to walk in biblical joy, I need you to do what I think you should be doing. <laughs> Some might say, how's that working out for you, Steve? <laughs> not, not well. How many know when I finally laugh? Ha ha, woo hoo! How many know I finally let go of that thing? Whatever that thing was, manipulation, anger, frustration. You can't hold on to those and laugh at the same time. And I know we don't laugh all the time when we weep with those who weep, and sometimes in great communication we're not laughing, but I believe this, the body of Christ is enjoyed in fishing. And the Lord gave me a, a, an idea. It says in Psalm 2-4, he who sits in the heavens laughs. And he's laughing at what his enemies are saying and planning. God gave me an idea to laugh at lies. And it's one of the main ways to start breaking the stronghold, crumbling that tree that's in us of, of a stronghold that's causing problems so we can get a new stronghold. Because lies sound really real in the darkness of our thinking, but they're laughable when you bring them out to the light of language and words. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you just some of the devil's all-time favorite lies. And I want you to do an experiment. Some of you have done this before. Others of you, this is brand new. I just want you to try this, okay? And uh, I want you to laugh just a little louder than you were playing. <laughs> some are going to be easier lies to laugh at. <laughs> others are going to be deeper lies. You're probably going to laugh like this. There's <laughs> 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 a sort of form of deliverance. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's just start with this basically. You guys, you guys good? This is a basic life. How about this one? God loves you, but he does not like you. Does <laughs> 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 he have an extra laugh? <laughs> Here's one. God will not provide for your needs in the future. <laughs> Because his ability to provide for your needs is dependent on how the economy is doing. <laughs> or it's dependent on how you are doing. <laughs> it, goes after, it goes after deeper belief systems. <laughs> Here's a lie I camped in for about a decade. There is something uniquely wrong with you. <laughs> uh <-huh>. <laughs> <laughs> it feels so cool. Oh, it feels this cool. It's got to be cool. There's something uniquely wrong with me. 
How about this one? In key decisions that you will need to make in the future, you will not know what to do. <laughs> and if you make the wrong decision, God won't know what to do. Your prayers for America are not working at all. <laughs> the Atlanta, Georgia region is an impossible region for worldwide revival to break out from. Matter of fact, God doesn't even like this region. <laughs> you should not trust the perspective of any Christian who laughs a lot. <laughs> Than just survive. 
Does this word make sense to you? There's another lie to laugh at. If a word is really from God, the moment it is heard, it will make sense. <laughs> if we're only prophesying things that are making sense, we're not prophesying high enough. of Israel is locked up in the thinking in Gideon's mind. The problem wasn't Midianites, the problem wasn't Baal, the problem wasn't a regional demonic principality, the problem was how Gideon was thinking. Once Gideon thought differently, the nation got saved. Once people start thinking differently, and once people start believing truth, Jesus said in John 8, 32, he said that truth will make you free. We get saved by believing in Jesus. We get free by believing like Jesus. And, and once, once Gideon started believing truth, he started getting free on the inside. Because freedom always starts on the inside. And then, then it gets into, into our circumstances. I, I rent cars a lot, traveling. And I sometimes I'll rent a car and and I'll turn it on and there's something playing on the radio that I do not like. Wouldn't it be a bummer if I thought, oh no, now I have to listen to this station the whole trip? <laughs> you, if, if I said that, you say, hey Steve, take a deep breath. Steve, we want to let you know you are powerful. <laughs> you, you, you're power, you have the power to change the channel to what you want to listen to. When I was in Oklahoma City a few months ago and I got a brand new car. I turn it on. There's something playing on the radio I do not like. And I cannot figure out how to change the channel. I mean, it's, a new kind. it's got all these buttons between the seats, knobs, buttons. It's got, it's got a screen there, you know, with arrows. I'm pushing arrows, turning buttons, you know, nothing. I, I, it wouldn't change. I kept having to hear the same thing. But I finally figured it out after about half an hour, 45 minutes. My God, I finally changed the channel to what I was listening to. Now, Gideon, you know, how many know like there's radio <coughs> frequencies in this room that if we had the right receiver, we could pick them up? You can't see them, but they're here. It's the same way in the spirit. There's all kinds of things in the spirit. We, our spirit is a receiver. And we're picking, we're picking, there's all kinds of things we can tune into. I mean, the devil, he is the accuser of the brethren channel. <laughs> He's tuned into that all the time. <laughs> Every once in a while I tune back in. It sounds so true. <laughs> There's the You Are a Failure channel. Yeah. 
that up to the heroic laws in back in there. <laughs> you are a victim channel. Mm? That's a very popular channel. <laughs> Gideon, he was listening to the God has abandoned you channel. He was listening to the it's too late channel. It's too late channel. Yeah, tuned in. It's too late. Way too, way too late. Just laugh at that little. Uh -huh. He was listening to you because you came from a dysfunctional family. You can't have future influence channel. <laughs> Just laugh at that channel. <laughs> the purpose of the angel was his, and really the purpose of prophetic ministry is help us change the channel. Help us change the channel. I mean, Abraham, he was listening to the You Are Too Old channel. Yeah. You Are Too Old channel. It's too late. Promise that you, promises passed you by. You've gone too much to a fish channel. It's not going to happen. Channel. Moses, he was listening to the, uh, because you can't speak well, you can't have, uh, you can't be a great leader channel. Just laugh at that channel, too. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. I mean, I, that was, yeah, I'll tell you, I'll give you a hint how you know you're listening to the wrong channel. Here it is. If what you're listening to doesn't give you hope, you're listening to the wrong channel. Trying to, trying to change the channel. If your interpretation of the Bible doesn't give you hope, you need to change the channel on how you're interpreting the Bible. Because even when God corrects you, there'll be hope. Yeah. If you're really listening to the heart of God. And, and that's Romans 15, 13 says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You become this hope abounder. You get the Tigger anointing. <laughs> You just have the Eeyore anointing. <laughs> it's only getting worse. <laughs> Protect yourself from disappointment. Never hope for anything. <laughs> you got to protect yourself from being disappointed again. By the way, people are getting healed from disappointment now. The anointing heals the broken heart. Wow. Woo. People are getting healed tonight. You say, I'm getting healed. <laughs> but to change the channel. I mean, there, there, there's all kinds of things. I mean, I'll tell you. I, I, there was a few months ago, I was listening to the wrong channel in an area of my life that looked hopeless. And, you know, I mean, anybody else ever felt that way? And I, I went to my wife, I said, I was sharing with her about what was going on, and she asked me a question. She said, what do you need to believe to have hope in that area? That is the question. What do you need to believe? That whatever area you're battling, wherever you're, whatever you're listening to that doesn't give you hope, 
ask the Lord, what do I need to believe to have hope in that error of my life? Because truth always leads hope. Now may the God of hope fill you in believing is basically Romans 16, 13. So the moment I believe truth is the moment I get filled by the God of hope. Increased hope is the evidence that we're actually renewing our mind with truth instead of lies. It's the evidence. Increased hope is, is, is the evidence I'm moving from mental assent to actually believing the truth. My hope level is the indicator whether I'm believing lies or truth. Got a lot of hope, believing a lot of truth. Don't have much hope, believing a lot of lies. And there's no condemnation if we're believing lies. But if we don't know what our problem is, we have a real problem. I used to think the devil was my problem. I used to think people were my problem. I used to think my past was my problem. I, I, why could this be like Bill Johnson? A fifth generation pastor's son? But instead of a first generation insecure, burnout, paranoid hippie. <laughs> I got some baggage back there. Baggy poop pops up all. Bill doesn't have that thing. Let's laugh at that. We didn't have that. I can do something. No, nobody's past can stop them, but, but current believers can. Past doesn't have the power. It's what I conclude based on that has the power. So Gideon, he changed the channel. And, and tonight, you know what I'm hearing? I'm hearing there's grace on you to change the channel. Amen. I, I'm just asking the Lord, who's in the room tonight? He says, Steve, there's great people in the room tonight. Is it you? At Resurgent, you're going to speak to great people. And I see you. You, you, you are. You got what it takes. There's people in this room, if I heard your story, I would just be, say, you should be speaking up here. Some of you, you know, you may not look as far as some other people, but what you've overcome is so incredible. Where you come from to get, to even still be here tonight, it, it, it's amazing. It's amazing. And, and the Lord, he just says, thank you. Thank you. And there's, some, there's something happening in us. Something's happening in you. you know, Gideon, he, he, he heard the word mighty warrior. He said, uh-uh, uh-uh, no, mm -mm, I can't, I'm not going to hear that because I'm not going to take the risk getting my hopes up. Mm, not, not, don't, don't tell me that. Don't tell me something so great because I, uh-uh. And, and it just seems blind, but but, but something happened. Sure. Some of you tonight say, uh, mm, 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 mm. no, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go as far as you want me to go, Steve, and have to think about me. But I'll tell you, that's how Gideon started, but he didn't end there. You're not going to end there either. Some of you are just right now, hey, my goal is to survive. I just don't want to move backward. No, God, God is, you, you have what it takes. You are going to do things that you never thought you would do. 
Just turn to your neighbor and say, he's talking to you. There's, there's trees. People are going to get into trees 100 years from now because of you. There's going to be a bunch of young people, orphanages, a tree of an orphanage because of you. There's going to be Bible schools. There's going to be business people, kingdom business people. There's going to be educators. There's going to, there's going to be presidents who love Jesus because of you. they're going to be in your tree. Yeah, and I start getting, you know, I start getting this, you know, I love Romans 12 too because Romans 12 too takes all limits off our lives. Because there's no limit how much I can renew my mind, so there's no limit how much I can be transformed. I don't know, some, some, some of that, man, if you knew what I was going through, hey. But I'll, I'll tell you this. Even for some where it doesn't seem to be penetrating, it's going to penetrate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, Father, thank you for an incredible night. Thank you for supernatural. In a moment, I'm going to have my good friend Edson come and just pray over you and just release something that he's sensing there. But, yeah, Father, just thank you for every person who's here. I want to just ask you a question tonight, and I know everybody was blessed. I'm believing that tonight. But if you felt like this message was just for you, and I want you to stand up right now. And just stay standing. This isn't everybody that say it, but this is for some. For some, you just felt like that. This thing, it's just for me. And I'll tell you, just I see this as you stand, as you stood, something supernatural happened to you. And I want to especially tell you who are standing right now, you've got what it you may, you may think, ah, I can't figure out how to change the channel of this self-talk, this negative self-talk. Can't I'll, I'll tell you what, you're going to figure it out. Just say, I'm going to figure it out. It may take a while, but you're going to figure it out. All our resources, we've got a website, ignitinghope.com. Just if you want more of what we're doing got an email sign-up list on the book table. We, we just, uh, we are committed to helping you believe truth and so on. Because God's an equal opportunity God. And so I just, I, I just release over you who uh, are standing right now, especially this Holy Spirit, grace, and power in Jesus' name. You be seated and just if you receive the word, come on up, Edson. If you receive the word tonight, just say, I receive it. I receive it. I'll never be the same again. I'll never be the same again. Something happened in me tonight. Something happened in me tonight. It 
was supernatural. It's going to influence the nations. Amen, amen. Give God thanks. Give him praise. Thank you. Listen from Miami, three-year school of supernatural ministry in Reading. Uh, intern for me. He's still part of my team. Just love him. And I just wanted to just give him a moment or two just to... And what, are you, what are you hearing, Edson?
60-second hope injection every day on Igniting Hope Instagram and Igniting Hope Facebook. 60-second video hope injection. I've been doing them here from uh, this city the last few days or today, I think. So anyhow, bless you, Chris. Thank you so much. It's what an honor to be here. And to be here. And Amen. Hey let's give uh, Steve a really big hand. Come on. Yeah. Thank you, Steve. For more resources and information about Resurgent ATL, please visit our website.